This is the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with the best of the week from Jags Radio, Jaguars.com, and all our social channels, Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for listening on Jaguars.com through the podcast link at the top of the homepage or on the official Jaguars podcast network on iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. We love feedback, so leave us a comment and a five-star rating. The off-season program got underway this week. Phase one lasts for two weeks, and it's limited to four hours per day. Strength and conditioning and meetings with coaches to talk football are finally allowed. A few players met with the media Tuesday, including quarterback Trevor Lawrence for the first time since the end of the regular season. I was here for the off-season. I obviously traveled some. I trained in California for like a week and a half, two weeks. Um, that was kind of like beginning of the offseason, right when I got back into throwing. So I went to see some, some people out there and um, kind of like a vacation and start getting back into training. And then since then, I've been working out here, Jacksonville, throwing at some of the, the high schools nearby and um, really just working a lot, a lot of mechanic stuff when I was out in California, making some tweaks and just wanted to feel better with my arm, not use as much arm, kind of get everything synced up, um, all that. And I think that helped a lot. So still just drilling those things and then obviously just strength stuff in the weight room, continuing to work that and flexibility and just making sure, um, like last year, you know, I was fortunate to be healthy, which is an accomplishment, you know, play 17 games and adjustment from college and get through the season healthy. Like I'm, I'm thankful for that, but just trying to make sure I can do that again and just be sustained and um, make sure my body's good and I feel great. So I'm, I'm excited. Who was your quarterback coach? So I, I, I went and trained with 3D QB, Adam Dato, those guys in, in California, and then um, I have a, a personal trainer that's more strength training, nutrition, all that stuff a little bit. Quarterback stuff, his name's Will. Um, he's from Clemson, and I hired him, so now he's, he's here. But, uh, yeah. What about the new guys? Uh, you know, yeah. Kurt, Zay, and the other guy. What do you do to try to fold them in as fast as possible here? Yeah, just, I mean, we've been, we started throwing a little bit all together. This is the first time we could use the facility. So um, offseason, obviously, most of those guys that are new didn't get here until right before we start OTAs. So they're trying to, you know, find places, all that. So didn't get to work with them much this offseason. So now we got a lot of time. You know, we have two weeks of just throwing our own. And then we'll have that period in, after those two weeks where we start getting out there with some coaches, some routes on air, all that stuff. So you got time to progress into it. I feel like we're in a good spot. Right now, it's, I think, more important just to get everybody speaking the same language when we're doing the installs, whatever it is, get everybody on the same page so when we're out there, we're all saying the same things. Because if you're out there and no one really is on the same page and you call routes different things, it makes it more difficult. So we're, we're getting there now. We're working towards it. Really like, you know, from what I've, from, from the, when I've talked to them and been around them, I really like all the, the new guys that we have. I think they're all grinders, really hard workers, and we'll bring a we'll bring something this organization needs, you know, the right attitude, just the right guys. I think that's just as important as getting a great player is, is guys that are going to do things the right way, and I think all of them are that way from what it seems. What do you like about Coach Taylor so far? I really like his demeanor. He's really, really calm. I mean, similar, honestly, to, to Coach Bevel as far as demeanor. Really calm, never gets too high or too low, um, so I really like that. That's the type of guy I like to be around. And then as far as just offensively, bring some different things to the table. Obviously, we haven't been together for long. It only really started on, on Monday, so can't say too much right now. But really like the way he thinks about things and just how he, the offense is so complimentary. 
um, and just how he schemes things up. I think it's, he does a really good job of fighting the weak points of defenses and exposing them. And I just think he's really smart. And being able to talk to him, I think we align pretty well and we're, we're on the same page. Cornerback Shaquille Griffin gave his initial impression of the Jags coaching staff for 2022 and much more. Get a chance to see the new coaches um, for the first time and have everybody back. You know, uh, it's been it's been awesome. It's a different feel. I love that feeling and getting a chance to be with coaches who have experience in the league. You know, uh, the first day we met with coaches and people are saying, yeah, I was in the league 10 years, 11 years, 10 years, 12 years. That actually played. That's amazing to me. And that's a person who can understand anything that I might see or go through or maybe in the future that can help me out. So I feel like the atmosphere is different because it's so relatable. Other than the experience of this coaching staff, what, from an organizational standpoint, from a culture standpoint, even though you have a very limited window to judge it, mm -hmm. feels different to you? Um, we gone off the that last game from uh, you know last season off that winning that winning game. I feel like a lot of people are ready to build off that. You know, we came in uh, speaking about that. You know, as a locker room, something that we continue to build off of. But I feel like now everybody is really buying in. Um, uh, let's talk about the players who was here. You know, usually all season people leave. We had a lot of players who came back and sat here and really trained at the facility because they wanted to get a chance to get with the players. Because last year was our first year with each other. You know, and uh, you talk about. Uh, Chris Claybrooks coming with me every day, coming here to train to try to get better when you don't have to. You know, there's no cameras, there's no coaches, there's no media, but we out here working and we don't care who watching. So uh, I feel like that shows a lot about the atmosphere with this team. And I was telling him, man, you got to go get it all. You know, and you doing that is going to push everybody else to want to do better. So that's already started. When you were doing your training in the offseason, catching mm -hmm. the balls, was that from a jugs machine? Was that from one of the quarterbacks throwing, or what were you doing? Both. Sure, you can go throw a tennis ball right now. I'm going to try to catch it. <laughs> but it don't matter what it was, but a jug machine. And, you know, I have my driver who actually stays with me. So, sure, if you ain't drive. You better throw this ball. Let's go to this backyard real quick. You throw it to me. I remember reading some uh, what Fitzgerald was saying. He says it's nothing like watching the uh, football come off someone's fingers when it comes to learning how to catch. So uh, jug machine uh, works. Uh, like I said, my driver helped throw the ball. My chef helped throw the ball. Shoot, uh, my little two-year-old, he running around. He throw the tennis ball, I'm going to go die for it. So uh, anytime I get a chance to, I'm practicing. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. You have a driver? <laughs> Something like that. And he lives with you? Kind of, sort of. <laughs> huh? So, okay, the mystery man is actually my right-hand man, my best friend, cousin, brother. He got every single label, every hat. Uh, Tito Bell is someone who uh, has been with me since I was about five, six years old. And uh, after a while, you'll kind of know the story. It's going to be put out one day. One day. I don't want to get the whole story because it's pretty good. But uh, long story short, it's a guy who uh, I told him one day when I finally here, I want to be able to, you know what I'm saying, take care of me you. You know, you did so much for me and my brother and his family. I want to make sure we're in a good place. And this person who got his every license, CDLs, whatever it is, and he's just always been a certified driver. Even when we got uh, our first restricts and license, he was the one always driving. And that was always his thing. So uh, getting a chance to come back to Florida, he's from St. Petersburg, and, you know, and be able to make the money that I make, I was able to take care of him and be able to take pressure off myself. So he's my driver, my assistant, uh, my counselor. No matter what it is, he's right there to help out. So it makes a lot of stuff easier. So it's easy to come here and have this type of energy because I have so many people at home helping take pressure off. So, How much did you know about Darius Williams before he came here? And what are your early impressions of him? Well, I was in Seattle right. one, and he was with LA. So I played him twice a year, and he always played great against us. It don't matter. He probably got a pick every time we played. <laughs> 
or pick six every time we play. So, uh, yeah, I definitely know about Darius Williams. And uh, it's cool. Um, he's already making an impact here now. You know, even just uh, speaking up, you know, he's already playing that role to, to help lead this this uh, defensive back room. So it's awesome. You know, it's someone who I can uh, learn from. You know, we can help each other get better. You know, that's someone I'm going to continue to compete with. But uh, I love his game. It's early, but how comfortable would you be moving inside potentially? Man, put me in whatever you want to put me at. I'm ready to play, and I think I just want to win. I just want to win really, really bad. So it don't matter what he put me at, snapper, holder, <laughs> punter, assistant coach, strength coach, put me anywhere. I'm ready to win. The full press conference archives available on Jaguars.com. The Jags are future-focused and ready for a new look in 2022. Join us at the bank this season as head coach Doug Peterson, quarterback Trevor Lawrence, and cornerback Shaquille Griffin lead the charge. To lock in your seats, visit Jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. More player appearances this week on Jaguars.com programming. Second-year cornerback Tyson Campbell joined Ashwin Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton on Jags Drive Time Tuesday morning and talked about the voluntary part of the off-season program. What do you get the most out of? Is it being in the locker room with your teammates again? Is it the workouts? Or I can imagine maybe the film sessions and, and being in a meeting room in person yeah, is really uh, valuable. Yeah, well, now that we have a new staff, like the, the, the meeting time is, is very important. Just learning the, the new defense and, and learning the new players that you're playing with and kind of get a feel of you know, how they learn and you know, what helps them best. So I think the, the meeting room and also the weight room too. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we got Cedric Scott, a new uh, strength coach. So just learning his workouts and, you know, just it's just good to see everybody, you know, buying in. So. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine what it's like for an NFL rookie coming in with an entirely new world. Right. Um, how much, I guess, more settled, mm -hmm. more ready, more ready for what's coming do you feel now than you did this time of year ago? <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely. I think uh, that that later half of the season, uh, the game slowed down mm -hmm. for me a lot, and I was reading things easier. I was reacting things faster. So like mentally, I just calmed down, and th that just kind of just feel make me feel like I was playing fast in the play motion type game. So uh, it just felt good. So I think coming into next season, you know, us finishing last season off with a win, hopefully it can you know carry on into a, a great start for the next season. What would you say was the biggest lesson? What's at the top of your to-do list? I've got to get better at this, or I've got to develop that in order to take your game where you want it to go. Uh, I just want to be consistent, uh, be able to be you know, reliable and accountable you know, at all times, just letting my teammates know like when they throw to that side, you know, Tyson's going to do what he has to do, whether it be breaking up a ball, getting an interception, uh, you know, making a third down stop. Just all those things I just want to do on a consistent level. And then, of course, I want to uh, um, make more plays on the ball, uh, make more tackles, cause more turnovers, force fumbles, sacks. I just want to do it all. So I want to be a guy, like, on the team that you'd be like, you know, we know Tyson's going to do his thing each and every Sunday. So mm -hmm. When you look back on last year, are there plays where you think, okay, this year I'll get that because I'm just ready, I'll be more aware I'll know more about what's going on. Yes, definitely. I, uh, usually, I, you know, as a, a corner, you got to have short-term memory. But after each game, you, you watch film and go over stuff. So, you know, when I was watching film early in the season, so many plays that I, I could have missed out on. Uh, but, you know, like you said, I, I definitely feel like there's some plays that I left out there. And I hope to, you know, make those up this season.
Jags Drive Time airs Tuesdays at 10 o'clock on Jaguars.com and the Jags social channels, of course, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Finally, second-year running back Travis Etienne Jr. sat down with John Ozier for the Ozone Podcast this week. Etienne detailed his recovery from a Liz Frank injury that ended his rookie season before it even started. I can't imagine what you've gone through for the last seven, eight months. You seem like a very upbeat guy every time I've heard you speak. What's your outlook right now? Uh, my outlook right now, I can just say I'm just taking it day by day still. Definitely just, I, I, I can say take it day by day. I mean, uh, thankful for the things I've been through. Mm-hmm. And uh, the things are very looking, looking up for me. So, I mean, I feel like my outlook right now is just as bright as it's ever been, really. What's the uh, vibe? Uh, new head coach, off-season program started this week. Tell me about the vibe around the building. I know you haven't been around here forever, but you were around here last year a little bit. Talk about the change. What are you feeling right now about the Jags? Uh, I mean, uh, going into it, you, you have to feel great. I mean, uh, we all have hope. And I feel like just with coaches being around here and everybody getting back together, mm-hmm. uh, we all have hope. And we all know the best is yet to come. And uh, just seeing these guys show up each and every day, it just kind of builds that trust within each other, that accountability. So, um, I mean, the vibes are really great right now. Okay, I need an exact number on this. How many times in the last six months have you heard, how's the foot? <laughs> oh, uh, so many. I, Pretty I, much I mean, every day. I mean, every day since the injury, sure. uh, I get a question about how's the foot. So, um, And all kidding aside, uh, Liz Frank injury last uh, August. That's a tough injury. Uh, we'll get this out of the way. How do you feel now? Uh, what do you know about your outlook and uh, prognosis? Uh, I mean, I, I, uh, I feel really great now. Uh, just, just, just going through the injury, just going through the recovery, just being in rehab mm-hmm. each and every day, and talking to guys who have had this similar injury, or, and uh, just talking to them and uh, seeing that their timeline and my and mm-hmm. I put my timeline next to theirs, and uh, really uh, talked to uh, Ingram yesterday. He actually had a Liz Frank injury. I found that out okay. now. Just talking with him. So I feel like uh, I feel really great. And, uh, I mean, my body, I feel like just being in rehab, just working each and every day, uh, my foot feels great. Um, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm not, gotcha. not there yet. But I feel like uh, once, once camp come around, we'll be rolling. How do you get through something like that? Because, you know, it's tough. You're starting your career, and really even before it gets started, you're dealt with this thing that is a very serious injury. And then you're sort of here on your own for the first time in a new environment. How did you get through that uh, phase? What did you uh, What did you do to get through it? I really just leaned on to my teammates, uh, my mom, my dad, my family. Uh, there's a scripture that said, "Lean on, lean on to not your own understanding." So I feel like it was much bigger than me, okay. and uh, I I I can't try to make sense of it. I just got to make the best out of the situation, and I feel like that's how I've been able to just keep moving forward each and every day. I feel like God sent me down for a reason, and uh, I'll be able to show the world who I am this year. And uh, when did you uh, first sort of start feeling like? I guess the clouds were parting, if you will. And I uh, felt good about it and sort of felt like, okay, this is going to be all right. Uh, honestly, honestly, just really recently. Okay. Uh, like maybe three, four weeks ago when I got outside and I was started running and I, I was like, dang, man, I'm still fast. Okay. <laughs> so uh, once I got back out there running and I got back running, jumping and just doing things that I used to do, uh, I felt like 
The clouds are pouring. When we return, NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks on setting the tone with the offseason program. Plus, offensive coordinator Press Taylor discusses the first week with Trevor Lawrence in the meeting room. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSP, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week Interview Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. The Jaguars will host the 2022 Duval Draft Party presented by Baptist Health. It's Thursday, April 28th, and it starts at 6 o'clock at Daly's Place. You'll enjoy live draft analysis and on-stage appearances by head coach Doug Peterson and select Jaguars players. And then, of course, stick around for the draft. We'll have our live analysis from Jaguars.com on the big screen after the Jaguars' first-round pick. Register for tickets right now. Jaguars com slash official draft party. Episode two of The Hunt dropped Thursday night. Take a listen. Good morning. Good morning. Our goals this season should be out of reach, but never out of sight. My job is to put these goals right in front of us. And so we're striving and attaining, and we're trying to go after these goals every single day. Put it in your head right now that we plan on playing in January and February. Episode 2 of The Hunt, available on the Jaguars YouTube channel or jaguars.com, featuring exclusive behind-the-scenes access to the Jaguars brass at the NFL Scouting Combine, the opening of free agency, and what you just heard, the first team meeting of the off-season program. Check it out. NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks joins John Osher and me each Wednesday on the Huddle Up podcast. This week, with the players back in the building, it's an important time for the new staff to set the tone. I'm going to start with Shaquille Griffin's quote and why it's relevant to where the Jaguars are and how they can rebuild the program. He talked about uh, being able to have coaches who have pro experience, guys who have played, guys who are relatable, so they can kind of relate to the struggles that take place between the lines. It's really important because the one thing that players want is they want coaches that have a level of credibility where when things get hard, the coach has to be a problem solver. And so it's not saying that someone who hasn't played can't be a great coach, but there's a different connection that players have with those who have played because a lot of times those who have played understands the they understand the difficult downs that a play may, player may experience, meaning when they're on the field and say, hey, man, that's a tough play. I get that. We put you in a bad situation. However, we need you to do X, Y, and Z. Just that little caveat gives a player um, a little more confidence that at least the coach understands how hard it is between the lines. Sometimes when you have a coaching staff where you don't have as many guys that have played the game, sometimes they think the X's and O's on the whiteboard uh, – play out just like that on the grass and it's different it's different when you got real players out there as the chess pieces as opposed to all the things that you may draw up in the meeting rooms yeah just the experience of of, of uh, having a young team I mean it's uh you know Bucky talks about on the field I can probably imagine how life is off the field better because I never played it's a it's a Wednesday and things are going weird 
and you're sitting in the meeting room with your coach and you can ask the coach, hey, is this how it's supposed to be? And the coach said, yeah, here's what I've seen before. Here's what I saw eight years ago when I was in Houston or here's here's what I saw when I was in Miami playing uh, 15 years ago. Uh, It's certainly, I think, for a young player who hasn't seen the NFL before helps to have a coach who's been in it for 12 years who isn't standing at a podium, which happened a lot last year, or even in a media room saying, yeah, I'm learning about this too. That's okay, but it strikes me that this team right now is in a situation where it really needs the guy who's not saying, yes, I'm learning too. It's, yes, I can can help you get through this. And I'm with Bucky. I think, uh, I don't know that that's always needed, but it sure feels like it's needed and, and it's going to be a defining element of this team right now. Yeah, in, so, in some cases, um, it doesn't have to be 100%, but you would like to have a little diversity on your staff in terms of mixture of experience, playing and coaching experience, because you have uh, 53 different types of guys coming from different backgrounds in terms of how they played, how they got to this destination in the National Football League. And so when you have um, a diverse staff, when it comes to those experiences, you have different guys that can relate to different things. But when we talk about the youth and inexperience on the team, when you have coaches who have not only coached in the league a long time but have played, they can explain the different cadence and rhythms of the season. They can stand in front of the team and say, okay, here's where we are. We're the offseason program. Here's what the objective is. The objective is to learn the basics of the playbook, to get the strength and conditioning part down as we're building up to the minicamp. Then they can stand again and say, hey, well, we're at minicamp. Now it's one thing to learn it. It's another thing to be able to execute it. And now we got to be able to evaluate you on how you're able to take things from the meeting room to the field. But just those little tidbits along the way will help the team because they'll understand the objective of every situation, where we are in preseason, where we are during the regular season, all of those other things. I think that is the biggest thing from a credibility standpoint. The questions have been eliminated like, hey, does this guy know what he's doing? Well, now that is out because they've not only played, but they've also coached, and they've done it at high levels because you have Super Bowl winners in both regards. Yeah, I've always said, JP, what you don't want is guys standing around the locker room talking amongst themselves, trying to figure it out (laughs) themselves, Yeah, and having little huddles in the locker room going, Hey, is this coach nobody's talking? Yeah, so what's with this guy? It it's hard. It, and once that starts, it's hard to get it rolling the other way. Um, and that's why, again, last seven or eight years since JP and I have been working together, he's heard me say it a million times. Coaching seven, eight years, is, ten years. Well, John, what are we talking about? It seems like twenty. I, I wanted to just sort of <laughs> uh, minimize that, but oh, the, world. Um, the head coaches and the coaches' ability to have players believing in what they're saying. To me, I, maybe I go too far the other way sometimes. I think that's so much more important than X's and O's, having these guys on the same page and believing in you. In professional football, uh, if you don't have that, I think you're lost, and I think this staff's going to have that. Yeah, cu- culture matters more than scheme. The environment that you create matters more than the X's and O's. If there's a level of connectivity, if the program is built on commitment, accountability, and trust, where everyone in the building, everybody, 
uh, on all sides, not only the football side, but the business side. Everyone understands, like, hey, here's how we go about doing our business. Then it's a lot easier because everyone understands what the standards are and how they have to live up to the standards. And make no mistake, John alluded to something that I don't know if people realize this, but one of the first things that players do, they go to the media guy. And they look at every coach's background, and they read this stuff. And if you come from a little spot and you don't have any relative experience, you can up there and espouse all of these crazy philosophies and theories, but players are looking at you sideways when they don't believe that you know exactly what you're talking about and you don't want to have those little side conversations that John is talking about. The Huddle Up podcast runs each Wednesday on the Jaguars.com podcast page and the official Jaguars podcast network. And Bucky will be on site with us for the draft in less than two weeks. Joining our coverage throughout draft weekend, we're looking forward to his insight. Hear from offensive coordinator Press Taylor after this. Let's wrap this week with Jaguars offensive coordinator, Press Taylor. He joined me on Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Thursday afternoon and provided insight to working with quarterback Trevor Lawrence in the meeting room so far and much more. The calm demeanor, the the poise, the you know, not screaming, you're not, that's not your style. And that fits right in, apparently, with the quarterback. That relationship, obviously, is key for the success around here, right? Of course, yeah. It's, it's all about putting all our guys in the best position to succeed but obviously that starts with the quarterback a lot of times when your quarterback's playing well everybody around him is playing well um and that's giving him things that he likes putting him in a position where he understands and we can come up with all sorts of football plays but if he doesn't love it doesn't believe in it it's probably not going to work out so we want to be make sure we're in lockstep with him as we build this thing started to talk football this week for the first time maybe you've met him before but you actually get into the x's and o's this week with the off-season program finally there What's the first thing that stands out about Trevor when you sit down in a football meeting room with him? He, he's very mature. He asks, and a lot of times, you know, we haven't had a lot of football conversations, but he asks great questions. So that, that's always one of the things that you know he's engaged. You know, you can kind of tell by the questions that a, a guy asks of kind of whether he likes it, where he's tracking, how he sees it. Um, and he, he and really all the quarterbacks, Jake and CJ, they've done a great job with the questions they ask, the response they're given, the engagement they're given. So it's exciting. You know, uh, there's a lot of offensive minds around here, obviously, the head coach. Uh, you've been with him for a long time in, in Philly. Um, Mike McCoy's been in the league for a long time as a head coach. Jim Bob Cooter, the passing game coordinator. You know, crafting all those ideas and philosophies together as one with the quarterbacks involved, I'm sure, as well. Um, you know, you've been in all those roles, though. Quality control guy, um, assistant quarterback coach, QB coach. Pass. You've done all these things. How does that help you? Uh, take in information from all different types of mindsets. Yeah, I mean, I, I know – I think part of it is like I know how I liked being treated in each of those roles and, and, and what kind of input I could provide and things like that. So part of it's being clear in your communication with what your expectation is for everybody. And and then at the on top of that, with a lot of, you know, former quarterbacks and guys that have coached quarterbacks or been coordinators in this league, a lot of it's everybody putting their ego aside and realizing – we don't need to do what we all did in the past. This is about putting our guys in the best position to create the 2022 Jacksonville offense, and that's what we're trying to do. Press Taylor with us, Jaguars offensive coordinator. You're balancing building the scheme, but you know, free agency was here. Still right. is. It never really ends. Uh, the draft is coming up. Right. Uh, you know, That's all after arriving in like early February. There's not a lot of time to put all this together. How do you balance all the time for all three of those things? That's what it, I mean, it, at times it feels like it's an in-season schedule. <laughs> where we're just kind of here all day. That's 
the good and the bad of this this business necessarily is like when you do have a sudden move like this, which a lot of us, we all moved in from other places, your family's kind of left behind. Now, the bad part of that is that you're not with your family, which we all enjoy in the off season. That's the great part about life in the NFL. But it gives you the ability to then you come in early, you stay late. We get a chance to kind of make up that ground with that time where maybe it's, you know, football in the morning, personnel in the afternoon, playing for the next day at night. So that's kind of been the schedule we've all kind of worked off since we kind of got here, really, to kind of hit the ground running when the players get here. In your past, you're kind of credited for some of the key plays in the Eagles run. We've known that from the old days, right? Different role back then. You're now the offensive coordinator. Do you still try to dig and find new ways, new plays, steal ideas from college pro teams? Is that still in your workflow? How much football do you watch on a regular basis, otherwise beyond Jaguars tape and all that? And Or does that come in a natural progression for an offense in your personnel? Yeah, um, we're always looking for what we think fits us. So if you see a route on tape and, okay, that's a great route, do we have a guy that could do that, that would fit in a skill set? Does it fit everything else around that we're doing? Um, how expensive is it if it is something unique? Uh, that's one of the things we'll talk about a lot is how expensive is this? Do we want to invest in new ideas that are going to cost a lot of time that we're not going to get a lot of return on? Uh, so you spend a lot of time, and it's the things we're comfortable with, but the things that we feel like our players can do really well, um, and we can teach really well, we can explain, we have evidence of. Uh, but you really you want to know what you're talking about, obviously, for the guys. You want you have to be able to prove to them that you can put them in position to succeed, and then and then give them things that they do really well. All right, you're what four days in now to the off season <laughs> program. Are, are you on track? What's coming up the next week or so? And and take us through just a, a normal day in the office right now. Yeah, right right now. So it starts. You know, players get in here about nine o'clock. Sometimes we have a team meeting. Sometimes we don't. They get in. They got the ability to lift, and then we have the ability to meet with them. They go out and, and run with the strength coaches. But in this phase one portion, we're not allowed to go on the grass with them yet. So it's actually great in terms of the teaching progression of things where we get a chance to sit in a calm environment. There is no pressure to go out and perform on this play two hours later in practice right now. So you get a chance to ask a lot of questions to, to see what their retention is on things. But it's really it's a pretty good process in terms of the progression of things and how we can teach our offense and we learn going forward. But, I mean, I can just see it in your face. <laughs> you can't wait to get on the grass. Yeah, we're down in sunny guys. Florida, too. I want to get outside. Absolutely. So. This cave in here is Exactly. So I'm down. Our thanks to Press Taylor for taking time out of a busy schedule to join us this week. Catch the archive of Jaguars Happy Hour Radio for the full interview, and the show airs live each Thursday at 4 o'clock on 1010XL AM Radio in Jacksonville and the Jaguars social channels, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. All our podcasts are available on Jaguars.com through the podcast link at the top of the homepage or, of course, on the official Jaguars podcast network on iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. And, of course, we love feedback, so leave us a comment and a five-star rating. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank.